This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. It's the end of January already. First month of the year almost gone by. Uh, and it's time for another roundup of environmental news with the co-founders of Environmental Journalism Portal, Makaranga. Joining me today, of, as always, Wong Siu Lin and Lau Yahua. We're going to discuss three stories today. One, the uh, federal court ruling where residents scored a stunning victory in the federal court. Um, you know, there was a decade-long struggle to block a development project. Uh, we're also going to look at the huge story that came out on The Guardian on uh, investigations into the Vera carbon standards, which found most are just, you know, nothing. It's more phantom sort of credits. And looking forward, we're going to see what's happening when Parliament sits back uh, in February, uh, you know, what's going to happen with the budget. Welcome both of you. How are you today? Fine. Happy New Good Year. Day. Yeah, Happy New Year. Happy Chinese New Year. And uh, I guess an uh, early happy Taipusum. Yes, happy everything, guys. Lovely yes. to see you. Uh, yeah, kicking off a new year. Can't believe the month came, you know, came and went by so quickly. But here we are. So yes, uh, three stories for this month that we want to tackle. Uh, so yes, the first one, of course, that federal court ruling, a huge one, a huge win for uh, residents. So basically a group of Sungai Ara residents scored a stunning victory in the federal court um, as top judges decided in their favour after a decade-long struggle to block a development project on a hill slope land above their residential area. A huge win. Uh, tell me what's happening there. Well, it's it's a fantastic start to the year and it's, it's a win not only for the residents of this specific area, but I think for all Malaysians and for uh, the environment, certainly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so basically uh, what happened was the developer wanted to develop 80 acres of land, uh, 43% of which was hilly, and they wanted to build 13 blocks of condos, three-story bungalows, and other structures on hill slope, right? Mm. So the federal court ruling, so this is it, no, they, they can't, there's no more appeals, there's nothing, this is it, this is the apex court, right? Uh, this is very significant uh, for Peninsular Malaysia and for the federal, federal territories, uh, for how planning permission is granted for hilltop and hill slope development. Now, this is really significant in, in, in the context of the Batangkali tragedy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and basically what it says is this is no longer uh, only in the purview of the state uh, authority to determine how uh, permission is granted, you know? Yeah. Instead, basically, the federal government has to step in as well, you know? Uh, so basically what had been happening is the state had been bypassing the Town and Country Planning Act which in 2001 actually was amended to enable the federal government to have a say in development of these sensitive areas. It's basically an environmental uh, you know, amendment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on January the 20th, the federal court ruled that any hilltop or hillslope development project designated as an environmentally sensitive area in a development plan must obtain approval from the National Physical Planning Council. Okay, now this is part of the uh, the Town and Country Planning Act, uh, and and basically this had been bypassed by using terms like oh this is a special project. You know we don't need to actually consult with the uh, highest authority who who are in charge of this National Physical Plan, which is basically the uh, the NPCC, uh, the National Physical Planning Council. It's led by the Prime Minister and it comprises Menteri Besar and Chief Ministers in Peninsular Malaysia. Okay. Right. So so now there's Basically, this level of oversight, which is badly needed for for slope hill slope uh, development sensitive areas, right? Mm. Um, so they said that basically the councils cannot arbitrarily bypass the NPCC anymore, Wonderful. right? 
Mm. Yeah. So the the judge, I mean, the, you know, there are the amazing quotes coming from the judge. So environmentalists are like cheering on. Uh, so basically, the uh, the judge who read out the judgment, Datuk Nalini Padmanathan, said that um, it brings to the fore the need for a holistic approach in decision making in relation to property development, particularly on hill land and steep slopes, as notwithstanding legislation in this regard sustainability of development has not necessarily been ensured. Yeah, so it basically, uh, she also adds that the governance of property development requires constant vigilance, a holistic approach in decision-making by the relevant authorities. And I think uh, the, the other thing is that, you know, possession of land title, which was what was the case here, does not give the owner of the land a blank check to do whatever he or she pleases with the land, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because this would have the potential of allowing for unsustainable development outside the purview of the um, Town and Country Planning Act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is interesting. Like, you know, that it says that it requires, uh, if it's on the environmentally sensitive area, development on such areas require the approval of the National Physical Planning Council. Yeah, I, I think I really got to read into, the, into that act itself, the Town Planning and Country Act, was it? Yeah, yep. like mm -hmm. so many of the uh, projects that, you know, Makaranga has looked at and other journalists have looked at, uh, you know, in forest area, forested areas on, on hill slopes and stuff like that, have, um, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, been on environmentally sensitive area, either category one or two. Mm. I don't ever recall in those uh, EIA reports uh, saying that they obtain approval from NPPC because that's very high level. That that's, you know that council probably only meets like once a year or twice a year, right? So I don't think, um, yeah, I've come across any that has attached an approval, you know, like, like that sort. And yeah, I mean, sometimes they will get, uh, they, they, they attach the planning document, like, you know, rancangan, uh, pembangunan for that daerah, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then they say that that area is, uh, can be used for agriculture or whatever it is, mm -hmm. uh, in an environmentally sensitive area with, with conditions, uh, if, if permitted, right? So you must get that permission from the state uh, authority. Yeah, I don't recall this role mm. of NPPC in there. So we, yeah, yeah, I wonder if it, uh, if it requires us to all go back and, and, and look at those things again. Yeah. I think it's interesting you mentioned the, the draft rancangan, uh, you know, basically it's the structure plan, right? Yeah. So yeah. in this case, they also contravened the structure plan. It wasn't only this act, they also contravened the, the structure plan, you know. And and as you said, rightly so, you know, we're all focused on, oh, what's an EIA done? But then, like, who gave the permission for, for this to be developed in the first place? Mm. You know, so so I think this is taking one step back and it's, it's absolutely critical. And let's see what happens after this. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, it will have repercussions for that. I mean, there's so many ongoing cases as well over here in, uh, you know, even in KL, right? I just spoke to the Bukit Dinding folks. They filed a judicial review as well. Uh, yeah, so many different, uh, I think this will have a huge impact on um, some ongoing cases, definitely. Um, and just kind of moving on to the next story. So that one was a huge one um, that was reported in The Guardian uh, and that uh, investigations into the Vera Carbon Standard finds that most are phantom credits and may actually worsen global heating. I was reading, um, you know, some, and this is the world's leading certifier, right? And used by companies like Disney, Shell, Gucci and other big corporate. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, okay. You 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 name those. We didn't. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm quoting okay. The Guardian. I just want to say that okay. as well. 
<laughs> right. So the Guardian investigation, uh, the, the stories were published uh, two weeks ago, I think on 18 January. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I believe, I expect that they'll have a few more stories coming out uh, from the sound of their writing. Uh, but basically it says that, you know, Vera, uh, which is uh, this standard, uh, the, the, probably like the world's most uh, reputable standard to check and to certify carbon credits. The investigation is saying that this VERA standard has been a lousy standard. Basically, that's it. And the investigation was done by three, I guess, uh, different entities, The Guardian. Then there's a German weekly called Der Zeit or Der Zeit. Die Zeit. Die Zeit. Okay. And then there is a non-profit investigative journalism outfit called Source Material. So those three, right? Right. And they are saying that uh, about 90% of the or more than 90% actually of the rainforest carbon credits that uh, that have been certified by the Vera standard have overclaimed the benefits for slowing down climate change for taking uh, or for reducing carbon emission mm-hmm. so okay let's take a quick step back yeah and talk about carbon credits so carbon credits are what uh, any entity an individual or a corporate can buy to offset their own carbon emissions uh, so it's sort of like if you imagine this analogy of like, you know, the, the carbon emissions being that you are pouring water into this pool and this pool, of course, is our world, our earth atmosphere. And if the pool overflows, then it drowns all of us. Right. So yeah. there's only so much that we can pour water into this pool now. And that is our carbon budget that is still allowed uh, before we exit, you know, this 1.5 Celsius threshold. Right. So. So this pool is global, right? And everyone is pouring water into it. Now we are saying that there should be a cap to it. Uh, but I still want to pour water into it. So what can I do? You know, um, I can voluntarily say that, okay, I still want to pour 10 liters into it, but to sort of offset my uh, damage or offset my own uh, water pouring to it, I will pay, say you, Juliet, uh, a sum of money to not pour your 10 liters into it. Yeah. Okay. So then, then once I've done that, I can, you know, stamp on my own bucket and say that my water is now water neutral, carbon neutral, right? And then that makes a lot of people happy. Mm-hmm. Now for that, so so what I'm paying to buy from you is the carbon credit. Okay. Right. But for these offsets to really actually work, to you know, sort of reduce the amount of water going to this pool, uh, it must meet several conditions. One is that, you know, what I've paid you for really did stop you from pouring that water into it. And you must have intended to pour the water in the first place. If you never ever intended to pour the water in the first place, then I've not offset anything, right? So that's one. And of course, the second thing is that if I'm paying you for 10 liters to stop you from pouring 10 liters, then it should have been for 10 liters uh, and not for, say, two liters if I did. No, that would be overestimating my offsets. So yeah, so who checks on all this? Um, there is uh, there are standards you know, for how to check all this kind of credits, and Vera is like the world's leading uh, standard now. And and yeah, then there will be uh, third party auditors who use the Vera standards to check all these carbon credits. Correct. Uh, wait, did Siling want to say something? Oh, no, sorry. I was just going to say the word leading and all that. You know, it's it's the largest one. There is another standard. It's very small. It's just that Vera has the the large, the lion's share of the market. Uh, yeah. So, so you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure whether, you know, leading or, or the best or, or whatever is actually the, the most accurate term. But, you know, I'm I, I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think very often people would use uh, Vera. The, the other standard. Uh, yeah, there are other standards, but Vera has become 
um, like the world's uh, leading definitely in terms of market share. And yeah, so, market share. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so many people would, would use it. And uh, our own Bursa, uh, Voluntary Carbon Exchange, uh, uses uh, Vera certified carbon credits also. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so anyway, so so what the Guardian uh, team and, and all this uh, and their partners did was to actually check if the Vera certified projects really did reduce uh, deforestation, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they, they usually, they, they, they start off with three scientific studies that examine that and then the journalists add on with their, you know, interviews, satellite image and analysis and, and all the sort. Okay, anyway, so the gist of it was that, yeah, there was a handful of projects that were successful and delivered the carbon you know, reduction mm-hmm. uh, or carbon credits that actually did reduce uh, deforestation. So, but most of the projects uh, did not. The, the, the gist of the findings was most of the projects actually had no benefits or delivered far less uh, benefit than was claimed and paid for. So this was what you meant by the phantom credits there in, in the beginning. Right. So anyway, uh, there, there was a, a variety of responses. Vera, of course, uh, you know, as expected, strongly refuted the findings of the investigation and even those of the scientific study. Mm-hmm. Vera claims that you know the, the scientific studies used uh, modeling methods that failed to sort of like evaluate the true impact of the carbon credit projects in the field. And it, Vera also claims that it has or he has been uh, reviewing and making improvements to its methods. So, okay. and yeah, uh, across the, you know, in, in the field itself, you know, um, there definitely many, many people are talking about this, you know, some, many of the experts, you know, some of them agree, disagree, and it's actually a lot more nuanced. Uh, some, you know, for example, I'd like to point out this called by Silvera. Um, they released their own report uh, in November and they found that, yeah, you know, uh, about 25% of the projects are junk and 30% are actually good stuff. So you're basically saying that the Guardian project has inflated the bad parts. I see. But everyone agrees that there needs to be improvement. So, yeah. Okay. And I was just reading, like, Vera wanted to say, they, they, there was an amendment to that first article that came out. They wanted to clarify that they are a certifier of carbon credits, right? Rather than a provider, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vera, Vera certifies those things. So mm-hmm. they don't actually yeah. provide it. The ones who are providing are the, yes. the whoever is running the carbon credit project. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just in case anyone was confused by that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty huge one. Uh, Sulin, anything you wanted to add to that? No, only that this is something to keep an eye on because it's a huge market and everybody's sort of jumping onto it. And, uh, you know, always the thing the thing is who is, who is uh, you know, keeping an eye on it. Can it be, so it's completely market driven, the, the Malaysian one, sorry, the v, the VCM in Malaysia is completely market driven. And, and actually the reason when with Vera is because it, is, it has the lion's share. Okay. So, you know, they want to get the, the highest price possible for, uh, you know, to, to get the best prices, to get people to jump on board. And, you know, why invest in the, the Malaysia's uh, VCM, the voluntary carbon market? Uh, the, the other area, of course, besides land is, of course, the, the blue, you know, the sort of blue carbon markets are also the other thing that's coming up, you know. So, uh, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Okay. All right. And and just kind of looking forward, uh, you know, over here in Malaysia, um, Parliament is set to sit uh, just before Valentine's Day on the 13th of February. And of course, you know, we're going to retable the budget again, uh, because as we remember, it was tabled and then, you know, Parliament was dissolved, all of that. Uh, let's talk about, you know, some of the allocations that were promised for the environment. Um, and, you know, now that Pakatan Harapan is, well, in this unity government, right, leading this unity government, uh, you know, will there be that allocation of uh, one billion ringgit for ecological fiscal transfers? What are you guys uh, predicting? 
Uh, well, okay. I, I'm not predicting anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Makranga are forecasters. All right, then. Uh, yeah. Uh, maybe we make a lot more money if we do that. But <laughs> yeah, so, um, but you, you said it. So, you know, Parliament is uh, sitting again on 13 February. Very much looking forward to that, uh, the budget and uh, the one. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what kind of allocation they give to the environment. Uh, there's so many things that require uh, work on. Uh, so yeah, so for example, the fiscal ecological fiscal transfer that one billion to actually pay states right to yes. protect their forest. One billion is a lot more than the I think the seventy or hundred million that they last gave out. Um, and you know, of course, uh, Barca National, which is you know part of the Unity government now, they actually promised to have sixty uh, percent forest cover. Uh, to, to get Malaysia to 60% forest cover in their manifesto. That would require a lot of money too. <laughs> so let's see uh, if there are any indications in the budget going towards those goals. Yeah, I think um, in terms of the upcoming parliamentary sitting, uh, it will be good to see whether the parliamentary select, uh, a special select committee is actually going to be formed, the one for uh, environment and climate change, right? Uh, in December itself, actually in December 19, yeah? yeah. So the NRECC already, NREC, I believe it's called, um, proposed to, 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 to the day one right speaker to form this uh, select committee, yeah? yeah. Uh, and basically, why is it important? Again, I think we've been, we've been harping on this for quite a number of years now. Uh, it's because the select committee can check and report on areas ranging from the work of government departments to how they spend the money to drawing up policy and and it's bipartisan so it's it's critically important i think coming out of the elections when we have such a divisive uh, country and indeed you know uh, government if you like you know uh, to to have people talking across the aisle and and making decisions important decisions in terms of uh, climate and biodiversity and so on and so forth yeah uh, but i think one one thing nice that i think well, well, i i certainly seem to have noticed is that uh, there's a lot of reaching out across ministries and it's not just lip service or we're going to be working with different ministries but we are working with different ministries uh, and and I think that's always a good thing that uh, when it comes to climate uh, you know food security biodiversity that is good that everybody reaches out across different ministries to work with each other federal and state and uh, very very nice that right from the get-go uh, NREC has actually engaged with NGOs uh, so that's that's actually all all good signs. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot more to look forward to, especially with the uh, uh, state state elections coming up. You know, in the next couple of months as well. So I'm sure we'll have. Yeah, this budget's going to be an important one. So let's see uh, what happens. We'll discuss it, of course, next month uh, in our roundup. My thanks to both of you uh, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Wong Siu Lin and Lau Yahua, co-founders of Environmental Journalism Portal Makaranga. Just head to makaranga.org to check out all their work. And if you miss any part of the conversation today, just search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.